Hello, everybody. This is Jeremiah Craig coming at you for another edition of Ask the Bootmaker. Today, we have Jarrett Van Curen here from Pittsburgh, Texas. I'm going to bring him in and we're going to get this thing kicked off. So let's do it. Hey, Jared, how's it going? Oh, it's good, Jeremiah. How are you? I'm doing spectacular. Thank you so much for joining me today on yeah. the Ask the Bootmaker. This is a this is always a fun thing to do to talk to custom bootmakers all across the nation, and uh, you are in the, the the home state of the cowboy boot, where so many custom bootmakers are based in Texas. Can you give me a little bit of a um, origin story like how did you get into boot making uh jeremiah it's kind of funny um you know I'm, I'm not really from texas i was born in california uh born in bakersfield california of all places uh which you know is pretty pretty country area but um i moved here when i was a kid i was probably four or five years old when i moved to texas and um you know, when you move to Texas, you, you become a cowboy, whether you want to or not. And, um, you know, life went on and, and, um, by the time I made it into high school, uh, I, I kind of realized I needed to work. I needed some money. Um, so I started working for a ranch here in town and, uh, realized that that life wasn't for me. I didn't enjoy it. Uh, worked when it was cold. I worked when it was hot. It didn't matter what it was like outside. If it was raining or snowing, I still had to work. Um, and I, I had a buddy of mine that used to work for uh, Glenn's Western Wear that told me that they were, they were looking for somebody to come in and help. So uh, I was gosh, 16 years old and uh, decided to go there and see if I could get a job where I, I thought I was going to sell clothes, sell boots, um, shape hats, kind of do like the normal Western wear stuff. And I probably did for about the first hour of work that first day. But then my boss came to me and said, Jarrett, uh, I need you to come to the back and I need you to start saddle soaping boots. I was like, OK, I, I don't know what what in the world you're talking about, but, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, little did I know that. Don, which was Glenn's son, um, he had a shoe repair business that his dad had started after he came back from World War II. And that shoe repair business is still in business today. And I started doing shoe repair. That's, that's how I started and um, kind of got my hands wet. It, and it, I wasn't making boots. I wasn't doing any leather work. Um, it was just fixing cowboy boots. That's all I did every day. Um, so I got a lot of hours on finishing equipment and sole stitchers and, you know, kind of your basic equipment that I use now. Um, and I mean, that's, that's so they just sort of threw you into it. Yeah. So he just threw me in. So here you go, <laughs> you know, and kind of started at the basic things and kind of worked my way up until I got to where I was doing everything. Um, now past that, 
uh, right before college, I, I figured that I might try out some, some tooling. And so I started tooling belts and wallets and stuff like that. And uh, it kind of turned into a side hustle that, that really it, it paid for my college. I, I went to, to A&M Commerce for four years. Um, and man, my leather work paid for every penny of the college that, that I paid for. So that was, that was a really fun deal. Um, but my, my senior year of college, so I was, oh gosh, 20, 21 or 22 years old. And I was 21 years old when I was a senior, I decided I was going to try and make a pair of boots and, um, no experience making anything. I, I mean, worked on a bunch, but I never thought about building them until then. And I, I got my hands on a book from D.W. Frommer, which is another bootmaker. He's, he's not in Texas. Uh, he's kind of the, the uh, you know, the, the unnormal bootmaker. Uh, but his book is, is very detail oriented, had everything I needed to, to get that first pair built. And um, so I guess in 2013, I built my first pair of boots. How was and that first pair? They fit. <laughs> yeah um they weren't they weren't pretty they weren't beautiful they're they're not near as nice as the things i make now um but i was tickled to death because i had a pair of boots that fit my foot for the first time of my life because i have i've got a long a long skinny foot foot and um boot companies just don't make they don't make boots for people like me anymore so that i hear was, you that, yeah, I got the narrow size too. What what would your size be if you decided to get a factory boot for some reason? Um, I could fit in a in eleven B, but it would mm -hmm. still it would still be loose in the waist and um and and not as tight as it needs to be for me to be happy. Yep, I hear you. I'm a twelve B, uh, and I have to cheat all the time with. 11 D's or 10 and a half D's depending on the toe shape. And it's yeah. just a, it's a pain in the ass. So I can't wait until I can, uh, I can do custom boots like we were talking about just before we started here. Yeah. Um, I want to remind everybody that uh, you can ask Jarrett a question. If you have any in the live chat, we got about 14 people in here right now. Thanks for joining. It's good to see you all. Here's a question that I have from Leon. What is your favorite toe shape when you're making boots? Um, truthfully, my my favorite is a, it's called a box toe. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people will call it square toe, but it's not, it's not like a traditional um, square. Well, I shouldn't say traditional. That's the wrong term. It's not like the factory square toes that you see nowadays. Um, it's, it's got a nice undercut to it. Uh, looks square from the top, but it's it's boxy. If you'll give me a second, I'll pull my boot off and I'll I'll show you which toe it is, so you know. Yeah. So if um, if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook or anything like that, you've seen you've seen this pair. This is my personal pair I built last year. This is a pair that I awesome. uh, I won the top stitch class with. But this is the, let's see if I can get that in the right spot. That is the box toe. Mm -hmm. And see, it's got a nice undercut to it, but it's still square if you look down on it. 
and that's just an inch wide box toe. It's real traditional. Um, a lot of 1930s, 1940s boots kind of rock that toe style. I love that toe, toe style. And it seems like the only folks that make it are custom boot makers. Is there a reason why factory made boots don't do that at all? Yes. Um, so 30 years ago, um, boot companies started getting into machine lasting. Um, and so it, it was the time that we needed to figure out how to make boots and keep the prices down. And the way you keep prices down is by getting rid of the people that you pay and replacing them with equipment that does the same job. Uh, so a machine lasts them now and pulls everything to end tight. Um, and you can't last that kind of toe uh, on a machine. It has to be hand lasted in. So it's an, it's an expensive process for, for a factory to make them. Um, you know, if you got, if you got a pair of the, um, handmade Lucases, they might do that toe box now, but, um, even then I think they try to stay away from it because it's, it's just, it's harder to do. It's, it's a lot harder to mm -hmm. pull in, look good. It's a good looking toe shape for, for real. And it comes in different widths, right? You said that one was a one inch box toe. What yeah. are some other widths that you usually work with for box toes? Well, I've got another pair that I um, I lasted yesterday, and I got the toe boxes in today. And this pair, they, they don't have a welt on them yet, so they're not the prettiest looking thing. Um, and they've still got a strip around the bottom um, where I wiped the toe in. But this box toe is an inch and three quarters wide. It still has the mm -hmm. same look side, but from the front and from the top down, you can see how much wider it is. I mean, it's, you, you can do any size you want. You can do a half inch all the way up to a two inch box toe. Um, it's just whatever the customer customer wants. Wow. A half inch one has got to be kind of pointy. and <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's getting into like a, a ladies, ladies boot kind of look. Uh, it's getting mm -hmm. pretty narrow. And I think... Um, I have another pair sitting up there. I'll go grab really quick. I think they've got a three quarter inch box toe on them. Sounds good. We'd love to see it. Hey, everybody in the live chat. Thank you for joining me with Jarrett Van Curen today. Oh, look at these here. Whoa. No, I lied. I lied. These are, these are seven eighths, uh, seven eighths box toe. So it's not extremely narrow, but it's still more narrow than what I wear on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. That's a good look. Yeah. So that's just a nice black boot. Nothing crazy. Wow. Wow. Now that's, that's just a sample boot that sits in my shop all day. So people get to look at when they come in. You must sell so many boots when you show that to people. <laughs> You know, I've had a bunch of boots that, that people order that, that are pretty identical to that one uh, just because of how classic of a look it is. It looks great. And you have a similar stitch pattern on that one as you did on the boots that you're wearing and the other boots that you showed you showed me before we went live. Can you yeah. tell me about that stitch pattern? Which one? The, the, this the black one that... The black pair is a little bit different. 
than the oh other. yeah okay i see the difference now get it in in view here it's a little oh, wow. bit different than the others um and i actually haven't done this pattern in a while um just because it's it's a little more um it, it's got some aspects i don't like i don't like the void in this area um and i hadn't figured mm -hmm. out how to get something in there that i like other than that man it's it's got a really neat appearance and kind of works from the the inside out versus my other stitch pattern which works from the side seam and kind of works its way yeah. into the that's a good looking stitch pattern i love that yeah i love it and that's your stitch pattern that you uh <laughs> that you sort of changed a little bit from somebody else like what's yeah. the, what's, the, what's the history behind that well, you know, you don't really have a whole lot of space to work on tops on boots for uh, top stitching. Um, and a lot of times, a lot of people stitch patterns end up looking really close to the same because there's certain things that just look good. Um, and, and I've got certain people that I, I really admire their work. And one of them is Mike Vaughn. Um, he's a, he's a very talented boot maker. Um, it's helped me a ton throughout the years. And that's actually um, similar to his stitch pattern that he uses quite often, except I changed it um, to get a, a different appearance to it. So it's not identical to his, but it's, it's got a lot of the same appearance to it as his. It's a great look. It's a great look for sure. Uh, oh, we got some questions talking about factory made boots since we sort of touched on that a little bit yeah. earlier uh i'm going to start with enrique's question what are your thoughts on factory made boots in general <laughs> do you do you want my 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 truthful uh answer on that of course that's why we're here <laughs> <laughs> All right. So like I, I told you before, um, I did a lot of repair work um, through high school and all through college. And I got to see uh, boots from the 70s, boots from the 80s, 90s, 2000s and, and newer. And from about 1990 to now, almost all factory boots or throwaway items. Uh, I hate to say that. And I, you know, if, if one of those guys that runs those companies saw this video, I'd, I'd tell them, I'd tell them straight to their face, they're throwaway items. Um, they're, they're not made the way that, that my boots are. Uh, they're not mm -hmm. made the way, you know, the boot factories used to make them the way that I make them uh, about 50 years ago. And, and, but they've changed everything in order to bring their costs down and they're just, they're not the same. They're, they're, uh, they've got paper insoles, uh, paper heel counters. A lot of times the heel blocks are some sort of compressed paper instead of leather. Um, they're just, they really killed quality throughout the years in order to keep the boots affordable. Yeah. They have started to cut more corners for sure. Yeah. Even, yeah. even today, they're still finding ways to cut corners. Got a question from Carol Burgess about factory-made boots as well. And she asks, why do you think so many boot companies are not making uh, many whims, women's boots in the same styles that they're making for men? So like 
a lot of women, even my wife has this question. Why do so many women's boots have to have pink stitching and rhinestones all the time? Why can't there just be a normal brown woman's boot? Uh, you know, I really don't know. I wish I could answer that question. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why they do that. That's just, uh, that's their choices they make. And, um, you know, that's, that's all the better reason to come see a custom boot maker to get what you want. It's just about to say that for sure. <laughs> all the more reason to go custom. Uh, <laughs> Reamer here asks how much time on average will it take for you to make a pair of boots? Just the hours working on it. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I was actually talking to one of my other boot buddies this morning about that, that topic. And, um, you know, it's, it's everybody will tell you it takes them 40 hours to make a pair of boots. I don't know if it's really 40 hours or not. You know, truthfully, I, I've, I've probably finished boots in 30 hours and I've probably had some that take me 60 hours um, because there, there's a lot of variance. Um, there's some boots that I only put one row of top stitching on. There's some that I do seven on um, just, just the top stitching alone could take me an hour or it could take me 10 hours. So there's too many variables to say that it takes me 40 hours to make a pair. So I, I don't know. I, I can't answer that question for you. Not, not accurate. Depends on what somebody wants. That's, that's exactly right. Got a question from Lone Star Boot Reviews here asking about uh, how you would make a pair of boots differently for different, uh, the right foot compared to the left foot. Uh, he asks, would you be able to accommodate a left foot with a high instep and a right foot with a low instep and a collapsed arch, making it wide and flat. How, what is the difference? But have, have you worked on making different fits for the left and right foot? Oh yeah. Um, you know, that's one of the main reasons most people come to see me is because they can't, they can't buy a factory boot that fits correctly. They have two different sizes. Um, they'll come in with a really high arch or they'll come in with a low arch with a uh, that's collapsed. I mean, there's so many things that people's feet do throughout the years that uh, prohibit them from getting in a in a good pair of boots. Um, so when I build a pair of boots, let me see if I can grab. I don't have anything sitting around. I just well, here's a here's a last. So this is a last. This is what I build a pair of boots on, and this is how I this is how I make everything fit for that customer, whoever the client may be. Um, and so what I do is when I have a customer come in, I'll get numerous measurements from each foot. Um, I'll get tracings, I'll get foot placement, I'll get you know actual foot contact to the floor. And then I'll get a ball measurement, a straight ball measurement, a waist measurement, low end step, high end step, cuboid measurement, um, short heel, long heel. And that's just one foot, you know. So I do your left, I do your right, and then I make a left last that matches your left foot and a right last that matches your right. Uh, that way that both, you know, both your boots feel identical, uh, even if you have two completely different feet. Such a good value for going custom. Such a great value. Um, 
I got a question about uh, your, well, we got a couple of questions here. I think I'll, I'll keep going with the questions here from folks uh, in the live chat. Uh, they are, we got lots of questions actually. One from Russell Garcia. Uh, have you ever taken an apprentice? Um, because he's a woodworker and kind of interested in apprenticing for boot making. Um, you know, I, I might take one on if I wasn't teaching. I'm, I'm still an ag teacher. Um, so I work 60, 70 hour weeks most of the time. And, and my boot making is still, um, I hate to call it a hobby because it's not really a hobby anymore. I'm so busy, um, but it's not my full time job right now. So I, I really can't take an apprentice on until I hang up one of my hats. Wow. So you, where do you teach? Um, I actually teach in Big Sandy, Texas, which is, um, it's about 30 minutes from my house. Um, it's a small school. We've got about uh, 180 high school students total. And, um, and I'm an agriculture teacher there. So uh, I actually focus in the welding trades more than anything. So uh, during the day, I'm teaching welding trades, and, and first thing in the morning, I'm working on boots. Wow. So where, how do you find time? First thing in the morning, and plus you have a family. So where, yeah. first thing in the morning, what does that mean? When are you waking up and making these boots? Um, you know, people look at me like I'm crazy when I tell them what time I get up in the morning. Um, but usually I get up anywhere from 3 to 3.30 in the morning. And I'll usually work till about six or six thirty in the morning, and uh, you know squeeze in three hours every day. And then on my weekends, I, I still get up at three or three thirty Saturday and Sunday mornings, but I get to get you know a good six hour day in uh, before all my family is really up and about. And then we, you know, those days are usually my family days, so I only work in the mornings. That's hustle right there! Wow, respect. Yeah. Thanks. That's incredible. So um, I, I always like to ask bootmakers about some of the things that they learn from bootmaking and take into other careers or other careers and bringing that information and wisdom into the bootmaking. Uh, have you been able to bring any bootmaking wisdom into your teaching career or maybe your teaching anything that you've learned in your teaching career into bootmaking? Uh, you know, I really, gosh, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I, if anything, I would say that my 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 personality from teaching, because when you teach, you have to um, you've got to learn how to speak to everyone on a certain level in order to get through to their minds and, and be um, intellectual when you need to be and, and be playful when you're supposed to be and all that all that sort of stuff. Um, but, you know, I think I got a lot of that when I was selling cowboy boots at that Western store, too. Um, so I, I don't know how I could really answer that question. Um, you know, if I went off of another career that added to this, it's it's got to be the repair shop. Um, any Truthfully, I think anyone that wants to build boots full time or wants to build cowboy boots probably needs to go work in a repair shop for a couple of years. That way they can practice on, uh, on less expensive boots and do a lot of quantity on, um, on that machinery. 
it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it uh, it just seems like the natural progression of things to see the insides, how they're built on the factory level, and then and then go from there. It yeah. just makes sense. Let's come come back into the live chat and do another question here. Uh, let's let's do an easy one here. Carol asks, "What are your?" Boot prices. Where's the where's the starting price for a basic pair of boots? Are you comfortable sharing that? Because I know with the economy, they might change uh, on a regular basis. No, I don't. I don't mind at all. Um, I've got it. It's actually posted on my website for everyone to see. Um, it kind of cuts down on my phone calls for people that think I sell a two hundred dollar boot. Um, my base boot starts at $1,700. Um, so that, that includes the consultation that's, you know, you coming in and getting fitted for a pair, um, that includes the, the cost of the last that includes the fitting of the last. And then, um, your base boot is generally going to be a pig vamp, uh, with a kid skin top, nothing, nothing crazy, nothing exotic, just a, a good, um, working cowboy style of boot. Mm -hmm. And does that come with any rows of top stitching too? Oh no, that's uh, that's one row of top. Just stitching. plain. Um, yes, yeah, right. so get one row. If you want to do additional, I charge uh, sixty five dollars a row. Uh, you know, as many as you want to do. Awesome, it's very reasonable for sure. And uh, what do you consider your your biggest strength in in boot making? Why would somebody come to you over somebody else because of like one thing that you do better than everybody else? Oh Lord. I, I don't know. I don't know. Why. <laughs> Truthfully. Um, you know, I've been, I've just been fortunate throughout the years to pick up clients here and there. I've had, I've had some fly in to come see me. Um, this, this last pair that I, um, well, the pair that I'm working on right now, uh, the guy, he told me truthfully, he said, Jarrett, I, I called a ton of bootmakers. I looked at a ton of bootmakers profiles. And the reason I came to you is because you have a website. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it's simple things like that. That was the, the winner for him. Um, I've had other people come to me because of the fact that they had a buddy that got a pair of boots made by me and they knew how well they fit. And they came to see me for the exact same thing. So a uh, lot of, a lot of boot making is still, uh, is kind of, it's still word of mouth. Mm -hmm. But websites add so much credibility. That's such an interesting thing to bring up because, uh, my, my dad talks about that all the time with his fabrication company is that the fact that he has a website is why people choose him over other fabrication companies, even though they might be in Florida and they're working with him in New York state. So it's yeah. like it, the website can mean so much. Uh, yeah. Did you think that a website would make that much of a difference when you started? Um, no, not really. Um, you know, cause I, I sold a lot of leather work throughout the years, but um, you know, the website was kind of one of those things I needed somewhere else besides Instagram and Facebook to, uh, to promote and to where to, you know, where I could keep all my photos and all my work. And, um, and a website seemed logical. I mean, a lot of times that I'm looking to go buy something, um, I, I expect a company to have a website that tells me what, you know, what they do. And, mm -hmm. and if they don't, 
then I better have a, a best friend tell me they're the best thing in the world. That's, that's the only way I'd go without. No doubt. No doubt. I love it. I got a question here from James Stewart in the live chat. What is your preference leather outsole or a rubber outsole? Have you made one of each? Yeah. Yeah. I've made them either way. Um, it, it depends. I, I hate to say the word depends. It makes me think of an old person. Um, but you know, um, everyday boots that I wear, I put a, I put a, a leather sole on, um, just because it's traditional, they feel the best, they break in quicker, um, mm -hmm. and they look good. But um, if I've got somebody that is going to wear a boot daily and they're on concrete daily and they're going to wear the, the snot out of them, I mean, you got to wear the snot out of them. Um, I'll, put, I'll put a rubber sole on, but I always tell those folks that get it, the boot's going to be really stiff for a really long time and it's going to be really hard to break in. Um, but once it does, they're going to wear for a long time in comparison to leather. So it just comes down to personal preference on that. Right. And what you're doing that I, I swear I answer all the, most of the questions, not all of them, but whenever I get questions coming through on, on my YouTube channel and people are asking me, which is better. And it's always, it depends, you know, it depends on what you, what you're doing with the boots for, for sure. Yeah. Every single day. What are some of your favorite leathers to use when you're, when you're making boots? Um, I don't know. I don't, I can't really say that I have a favorite. Uh, they all, they all kind of have their own purpose. Um, my working cowboy guys, they get the pigskin boots. They're tough, they're cheap, and they look good. I mean, for what they are, they look pretty decent. Um, it's not the most fun thing for me to work with. It's it's a little mm -hmm. harder to stretch and, and crimp and pull over the lasts, um, but they end up doing well. Um, if I had to say I had a favorite, though, um, elephant. Elephant's pretty high up there. Elephant always falls on a boot for me um like it wants to be a pair of cowboy boots it's it's easy to work with it looks good um if people see you with a pair of elephants on they they know that you've spent some money they know that they're cool they look cool um you just can't beat the way elephant is so it's tough if I had too. A, yeah they, they're tough uh, so I, i'd probably put that one pretty high up there love it I don't have a pair of elephant boots yet. My wife does. I'm looking forward to getting a pair someday. And I would love that pair to be custom for sure. Yeah. Now, do you do anything different from other boot makers, you know, whether it's in the leather that you use or a process that you implement into boot making? Uh, not really. Um, so many of these things that we do on these boots are so traditional. Um, there's not a whole lot to change. Um, there's not a whole lot of suppliers that we can buy from. So a lot of us use a lot of the same material. Um, but, you know, we all, we all kind of find our preferences. I have certain preferences for the, the lining leather I use. I have a certain preference uh, for who I, from who I, I buy my, uh, my ostrich from. Um, I find certain suppliers that sell certain things that are really nice in comparison to others. And, and um, you know, really overall, I think all bootmakers do the exact same thing. 
but we all have just our, our personal style, our personal flair that makes our boot uh, look like our boot. No doubt. And that's why it's so interesting talking with so many different boot makers is what is that like little bit of personality that they, that they put into their boots. And it's, it's, it might take a minute after talking or looking at their boots, but it's always there. It's always, do you have a special signature yes. uh, thing, maybe in the tongue or in the stitching that you do? Yeah. So um, let's see if I can get a, oh yeah, that's a good shot of it. All right. So this is this stitch down this side here. Uh-huh. This is, uh, that's called a fender stitch. And that's fender, the, like the guitar. Yeah. Like, like the guitar. So it's called a fender stitch. Um, and that is my style. I've never seen it on anyone else's boot. Um, and every single pair that I make has that stitch down the side. Um, my tongue pattern is nothing special. It's not crazy looking. The back counter is not crazy looking. So you can't, I mean, for me, those things aren't going to tell you that they're, they're a pair of my boots. Now the top stitching, once again, that's another one of those items. If you see it, um, a lot of times that top stitching will tell you who made the boot as well. Cause a lot of guys will use the same pattern over and over again. Mm -hmm. But you know, if I grab another pair, I've got another pair sitting over here and you can see that same fender stitch on that boot, same tongue style, same heel counter style. I mean, it's, it's all the same little things every single time. So, um, I don't know. That's probably about the only thing on mine that's any different than most other people's. I love it. It's like a, it's like a signature at the bottom of a painting yeah. or something. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. I noticed that that other pair that you just showed those, those tan ones with the wider yeah. box toe that doesn't have a toe bug on it. No. Um, that's something that I've been sort of uh, looking into a little bit more recently. Can you tell me like the advantages and disadvantages of having a toe bug on a cowboy boot or even a custom pair in particular? Yeah. Um, so the, the entire purpose of it, we call it a bug and wrinkle. Um, the entire purpose of the bug and wrinkle is to make that boot break in the, in that perfect zone from ball to ball uh, that way you don't get wrinkles across the top of your boots um, that's the theory of it anyways and so you can see on this pair I think if I can get some decent lighting here yeah I um, can see it pretty okay so up here up top you find something to point with these up top is this is called the the uh, the wrinkle, and so ideally mm -hmm. you want this to go across where your foot breaks whenever you walk, and then you have your bug. I'm telling you, I'm hoping y'all can see this. The bug. Oh, we can see it. Is the decoration across the front, and that's mm -hmm. just decoration more than anything, just to kind of break it up and make them look nice. Um, but that's personal preference. A lot of people like it. A lot of people don't. Um, mm -hmm. a lot of times on, um, exotic boots. So like this pair of ostrich that I'm doing right now, most people don't get it on exotics because it's, it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to see, uh, stitching over quills on full quill just 
doesn't work properly. Um, but at the exact same time, I've got smooth boots like this pair. The man doesn't like toe bug and wrinkles. He's, he's got numerous pairs from me and he's never had a bug and wrinkle on his boots. He just likes them plain smooth. Um, doesn't want anything down there on the bottom of his foot. So it's just personal preference on whether you want it or not. I love it. And I think it looks good either way, depending, but I like the the function of it. Sometimes when it's in the right place on a boot, you just know, like, and it just feels good and helps that boot bend a little yep. bit more uh, yep. naturally, I feel like. But yep. when it's in the wrong spot with a couple, like there's some factory boots that I've tried that where that, where that wrinkle is in the wrong spot and it's, it, it hurts. It's a pain, yep. especially yeah. if they use, really bad leather <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a hint to what's going down on the channel on tuesday everybody just so okay. you know because i definitely experienced that recently <laughs> have you ever uh entered any of your boots into competitions i i i thought i heard you mention the ones those blue ones that you have um yeah. won an award for that yes um so there is a um an annual boot maker um, that we call it a roundup, which is basically, it's a, it's a trade show. So we have all our suppliers show up. Um, all the boot makers usually show up and there's usually a boot contest, um, as well as saddles. And, um, they have different categories set up for whatever you want to enter. Um, so last year I entered the top stitch class, which is how well you, you know, your top stitching is. Um, and I also entered the working cowboy boot class and I won both of them last year. So I don't have the, nice. Don't, congrats. Thank you. I don't have the working cowboy boot class, um, boot with me. Um, they actually belong to another boot maker. I built a pair for, uh, Tim Bishop. Uh, he lives in, in Arizona. And, uh, so he's, he's wearing those things as we speak. But I do have the, the top stitch winner because I usually do the top stitch boots uh, for me or one of my family members. That way um, I don't have to rush them. That way I can take my time and make sure they look good. So this is the pair that I won the top stitching class with this year. That looks so good. Y'all can see that. Wow. Yep. How many rows are there? There's seven rows in there. Nice. Yeah. And then, uh, let's see. So that was last year. Uh, year before last, I won the top stitching class again. Uh, year before that, I won the journeyman class, which is, um, that's that's for your, your new and beginning boot makers. You had to make 15 pair or less, so... I entered pair number 13 and, and won that year. And that kind of kicked off my, my boot making career whenever I did that. Cause that's when I, I really started building boots for people. Wow. So would you say that top stitching is your biggest strength with uh, making cowboy boots since that seems to be where all your awards are? <laughs> I, you know, if, if I had to say so, it, it probably is. That's um, you know, I, I've, got a couple of other guys that um they they get upset when i show up to the show because they know i'm gonna put a pair down on the table um and and i've had a few of them last year they they told me they're coming from 
happen for me this year. So um, I've really got to step out and, and do something a little bit better to make sure that, um, you know, hope, hope they don't win and beat me out. But if they do, they deserve it. Nothing wrong with a little healthy competition. That yeah, keeps everybody yeah. top of their game. Definitely. Love it. Uh, speaking of meeting all these custom boot makers and having a little bit of healthy competition, are there any custom boot makers that you look up to in, or have helped you in the past? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I've already mentioned them once. Uh, Mike Vaughn uh, has been an extremely influential bootmaker to me. Um, I, I probably talk to Mike at least once a week, if not more. He probably gets tired of hearing from me. Um, man, I'm telling you, there's there's some trades people won't tell you anything. There's some trades they'll tell you everything. Um, Mike has always told me everything. He's, he's never held anything back from me. Um, has really helped me out as a bootmaker. He's, he's been wonderful. Um, another one would be Brian Thomas. Uh, and Brian's, he's a good old boy. He's, he's retired Air Force. If I, if I, hopefully I didn't get that wrong. I hope he doesn't watch this and, and tell me I was wrong. Um, but Brian makes a wonderful boot and he, and he's one of those guys that I've, I've really tried to style some of my stuff off of to make my boots look more like his because he's got certain aspects that I really, really enjoy um, that are really nice. Um, Tex Robbins, another good one. His grandson, uh, Justin Walker, is another good one. I mean, there's there's tons and tons of guys that um, I've really looked up to throughout the years that make some wonderful boots. Wow. Yeah. And I love and the I, fact that the cust was that if, if you're watching this and you're one of the guys I talk to all the time and I didn't mention your name, I'm sorry. Um, there, there's too many to list. I, I'm telling you, there's a ton of guys out there that I really look up to. It's so, it's so cool. Every time I talk to uh, custom bootmakers, they seem to just enjoy the community so much with other bootmakers. It seems like a very welcoming and help helpful uh, community to be, a, to be a part of. And you don't hear that very often in other industries. It seems like uh, there's it, other industries are just cutthroat. You know, if you're the competition, then you're the competition and I'm out here to beat you 100% until you go out of business. Yeah. And you know, um, 50 years ago, I think boot making was that way. Um, but it's changed because of the fact that there's no one new coming in to building boots. Um, and so the older guys, the older generation, anytime they see anyone new come in, they're welcoming, uh, want to help them out as much as possible. They want to make sure that the craft lives on, um, you know, it's a cool deal. When we go to, uh, we go to Wichita falls every year for that boot maker show. Um, I'm, there's so many bootmakers that show up and it's the neatest thing because we all go to the back of the room and we all sit in chairs and and sit and talk like we're family um that hadn't seen each other in a year you know we sit and talk for two days straight and uh, it's it's just a it's a wonderful deal that's so cool i love it i love it um we can wrap up here because I want to respect your time a little bit, but I got a couple more questions here for you. Um, one being, would you ever consider going full time? I remember you saying earlier on in this conversation that uh, 
you're mainly a teacher, you build booths early in the morning. Would you consider doing this full time eventually? Yeah, it's actually my goal. Um, you know, I'm hoping within the next year or two years, um, God, if my principal or my admin's watching this, they're going to have a heart attack. Um, I'm hoping in the next <laughs> year that I, I can quit teaching and build boots full time. Um, you know, I, I enjoy my freedom. I don't have freedom when I teach. Um, if I'm sitting here building boots all day, every day, I, you know, even if I make less money, I, I really don't care. This is, this is what I love to do. Um, I'm young enough that I could do it and I could do it for a long time. What has to happen in order for you to make that jump? Is it just, you need more orders, uh, more, more recognition out in the marketplace? What do you think, um, is that next step? Uh, you know, it's, it's always business. I gotta have enough folks to where when I quit teaching, I have enough to keep me busy. Um, Mm -hmm. currently like I'm, 10 months out right now and that's building like one pair a month um i'd like to have i'd like to have a, a year and a half to two years backlog um by the time that i quit that way i i know that i've got enough work to keep me busy for at least a year does that ever turn off uh new customers that they might have to wait a year or two for their boots or is that pretty much an expected thing in the custom boot world? Uh, it's, it's pretty well expected. You know, if, if you yeah. go into a bootmaker shop and they, they say they can build you a pair of boots in four weeks, then um, apparently they're not very good because they're, they're not staying busy. So most of your really good bu- uh, boot builders are going to be anywhere from two to five years out on building you a pair of boots. So if, you know, if you came and got fitted today, it could be 2023 or 24 until you get a pair of boots. So that's just kind of expected. No doubt. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. If you guys, if if you're going to stay busy and do it uh, full time, then that's what you need for sure. I got a question from Carol, which uh, might be a, a good one for us to to end on. Uh, okay. What are the most expensive pair of boots you've made for somebody? You don't have to you don't have to say what they cost the person who bought them, but she specifically wants to know what types of hides and the the stitch pattern or the inlay, the toe shape. What is the most expensive pair that you've ever made? Um. I'm actually working on a pair right now that are, that are pretty costly. Um, it's a pair of full quill ostrich boots with a black smooth ostrich top, um, with five rows of top stitching. So, uh, you know, my price range, it's kind of middle of the range on my boot price range. Um, I hadn't had anyone bite on, on, you know, my saltwater crocodile boots yet. Um, but this guy that's got this pair of, of ostrich that I'm finishing up right now, he, um, last time he come to see me, he, he said he, his, his next pair is going to be a pair of, uh, saltwater crocodiles. And if that's the case, man, that's, you know, that's a $10,000 pair of boots. So, wow. uh, I mean, you, both you can, the foot and the top. Yeah. That's the foot and the top. Nice. Yeah. You know, you can, you can spend a bunch of money. If you, if you've got money, you can spend it and I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you spend it. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. talking about. 
Yeah. Jarrett, thank you so much for this time. I'm wondering yeah. if you could sort of give us your uh, website, your Instagram, and maybe something to leave us all with uh, before we close things out here. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to see my my work, um, I've got a website. It's vancurenleather.com. Uh, I think on Instagram, I, I'm pretty sure I'm vancurenleather on Instagram. Um, if you want to look me up on Facebook, you know, I, I have some customers. That's all they've got. Uh, if you look me up on there is Jarrett Van Curen. You can find me. Um, those are really the, the only social media avenues that I've got, but uh, I keep them mm -hmm. updated often. Um, you want to get a pair of boots, call me and we'll get you set up and uh, get you lined out for an appointment and see what we can do. I love it. Links are in the description of this video as well. If you didn't want to type it in, you could just go in the description and click on those links too and make it easy on you. Jarrett, thank you so much for oh, taking this time with me today for this. This has been a lot of fun. And thank you, everybody who came in and joined us, asked the questions. You guys are the best. I hope you have a spectacular day. Thanks. Peace, everybody.